Hey, Google, play In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. All right, playing the latest episode of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. Spinning out of control, here we go Foot to the pedal, till it's touching the metal Let's rock and roll, yeah So they anything, get them tigers to screech and I beat them Check your flags, last lap, nobody can beat them It's just that it's a party, put it on in a couple And hear us talk a lot of NASCAR in the audio Singing loud, we don't just want it out of mode We're getting dirty around here, yeah We're in the marbles we're in the marbles uh, We're in the marbles We're in the marbles Hey everybody, welcome to In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. My name is Soda. You can find me on Twitter at Soda underscore Hunter. And my name is Ethan, and you can follow me on Twitter at Viva La Ethan. This is episode 13. It's, it's such a number that people like to stay away from. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I saw where 13 only had one win ever in the history of NASCAR. And it was like a Daytona qualifying race in the 60s. Ooh. That's, that is the only win 13 has ever had. And there's, oh gosh, there's such a, there's like this huge uh, page about nothing but um, the number 13 and the drivers and stuff that I looked through. I should have saved it so I could have more to talk about. That's That's prep for you. It's some crazy stats. Like there's this one driver that drove number 13 and he only started in 13 races and his best finish was 13th. Whoa. Yeah. What? <laughs> like that doesn't happen. Get out of here. It, his address was 13, yeah. 13, 13th street or something. <laughs> his shop had 13 guys. <laughs> Give 13. me a driver. Uh, if you can name one or two or three or whatever. That drove to number 13. I can only think of one. Mm-hmm. And he does. He no longer drives it, but he still is in Cup Series. Ty Dillon. Yes, that's that's the latest 13. Yeah, that's uh, the only one I can think of. You, off when I was a kid, you really it wasn't really a prominent number. And then Jerry Nadeau jumped into that 13 that was half owned by Dan Marino. Mm-hmm. And it had the Dolphins color. I think it was the credit, the was the first oh, first plus yeah. credit union or something like that was the uh, something like that. yeah and pretty car. I mean, I loved it. I couldn't wait till I got the diecast and I got the diecast. It was on a Ford Taurus, the new '98 body t- Ford mm. Taurus, and it was a pretty car. But man, he had one good run for about a lap. <laughs> it, do you know what I'm talking about? It was. <laughs> I'm not wait, 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 wait. He, he qualified on the pole at Sonoma. And you're like, whoa, all right. He's on the pole at Sonoma. He goes into turn one and all heck breaks loose. Oh, that's amazing. And he crashes out of the race at, at uh, on lap ten. Oh that's he had one good one good corner and then mm-hmm. the next corner just was insane. I think it was nineteen ninety eight. I think it was a nineteen ninety eight Sonoma race. Because I don't I think don't... that Car combo lasted 99 and 2000. 
Yeah, I don't know why that popped me so hard. It <laughs> just caught me off guard. <laughs> oh, go back and look that up. Jerry Nader Sonoma <laughs> on YouTube. It's it's I remember it happening because I was Poor like Jerry Nader know, though. He oh, he was man. actually pretty good, but he he had a bad, bad little spot there. Oh, yeah. I think that was his rookie season. I think no, I think his whole career was just a bad spot. But like he was a fantastic race car driver. He just he was dealt some of the worst hands in nascar he was he was he didn't have that that much did he drive the 25 for hendrick yes yeah i thought i thought i heard that but the 25 has never been the 25 hasn't been like prominent at hendrick for a long time like ken schrader won a couple races with it but i mean then they got the budweiser sponsorship and it went to crap and ricky craven drove it and even changed the number in 98 to 50 and they never won anything there and now there's not even a 25 in NASCAR as far as right. that. Well, there's not a 25 Hendrick car. But, yeah. So what, what do they have now? They have the 88. The They don't have the 88 anymore. They have the 48, no. the 9. The 9 is the new number for them. I was like, what, what number did they add to no. drop the 25? So the 9 no. is a newer Hendrick number. Oh, okay. I guess. Okay. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. A newer Hendrick mo- mo- number. Yeah. Something. Okay. I see what you mean. I was like, no, they just brought back the five. But okay. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. The five was his first number. Hendrick's mm-hmm. first number. So it was five and 17 and 25. And they dropped 17 and bumped it now to the nationwide or nationwide series. Yeah. There, there's a throwback. <laughs> the Xfinity series, uh, which is weird. They're running Xfinity like that. But yeah, at least they're not going to win every race they enter. Right. Hey, you know who else drove the number five car? Hmm. Kyle Busch. I, Speaking I of Kyle Busch, God, ice cold, rowdy energy here. <laughs> All right. Now I'm ready. I have coffee. Blast off. Oh. Ugh. Look at me. Ugh. My skinny syrup's in it. French toast syrup. Ugh. Coffee is so gross. It's not when I make it. That's what they all say. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not lying about it. Everybody else lies about it. I don't. <laughs> My wife won't even drink coffee unless I make it. I hate that. I spoil everything for. Her. I think she can't. I think that's like part of the. Isn't that like part of the contract when you decide to get married? Like you have to like support each other and stuff. And <laughs> I've ruined uh, salmon for her. I've ruined coffee for her um, because she she can't eat anybody else's uh, salmon or drink anybody else's coffee. She can't do it because I cook it too well and I, I make it too well. 13 is part of a major superstition in racing. We have a few. Can you tell me off the top of your head? I'm thinking of three superstitions total, including the 13, right off the top of my head. And I think there's probably another one out there. But can you tell me another superstition in racing? Um, right off the top of my head, superstitions. Um, I know some drivers they start getting into their car with the right foot. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're talking about? That, that is, that is a thing where people, uh, they have to enter their car the same way every time. But I think that's more, yeah, that might be just more, uh, whatever's comfortable to you instead of like an actual superstition. But there's True. traditionally throughout all of racing, a couple of superstitions. One of them is $50 bills. Promoters at tracks, don't give out $50 bills because they're bad luck. Oh yeah. You get twenties and hundreds or whatever, but you never get a $50 bill. They even made a big deal about it because one day at Charlotte, Humpy Wheeler walked down pit road, handing everybody $50 bills. And I don't think Dell Jr. would take it. 
Exactly. Dale Jr. is one of the most superstitious <laughs> race car drivers. Well, he's ever. also a a a um a racing historian nut yes. kind of person. You know what I mean? He, he knows everything. Yeah, but he fully understood the meaning of that fifty dollar bill. And, but he handed it to everybody. Pretty much everybody took it from him, except you know Dale Jr. didn't. It's like mm. that's bad luck. I ain't taking that. I appreciate it, but no. I I also think another one. I don't know. If, this might be a true story i just made up um but isn't it like the color green i was hoping you'd say it yeah yeah that's it i see the one and you want to know why i think about that mm. is because the interstate battery sponsorship is my all-time favorite i love the paint schemes especially the the 2020 2021 2022 uh interstate battery paint scheme even in you know ty gibbs is doing it in xfinity uh actually martin trucks jr will have that paint scheme this weekend in uh loudon that's um, weird yeah kind of i don't I like that uh but that's like my all-time favorite paint scheme and i told myself that i will not i will stop purchasing kyle bush diecast cars unless it's race versioned mm-hmm. so i'm desperately desperately wanting him to win in that paint scheme so i can finally get it um every single time he races that paint scheme he wrecks he used to do that with pedigree too yeah he sucked with that paint scheme. <laughs> <laughs> i don't think he ever won he never pedigree. did i don't think pedigree ever won anything ever in nascar think, even with the 38 and and 36 i want to say kyle got him there once but i don't think so no no i, I just watched a video on it he, he never, oh. nobody's ever won. He, he's been the best. Right. Like he actually got them like a top five or a couple of top sucks. tens, but no. And because I love dogs and, and I, I wanted it, that paint scheme. Yeah. <laughs> I like that Kyle made that paint scheme a Days of Thunder tribute. Right. That was because he's number 18. So he made that orange and blue a Days of Thunder look. And I thought that was awesome. Yeah. That was really cool of him. I'm, I'm all aboard any uh, Kyle Bush um, Days of Thunder references i think that's really cool oh. the, yeah green is the other one and i think it was that way it's it might still be that way a little bit on a local level but yeah if and if you had a green number 13 you were you you might die oh. in a race car you might you know yeah just don't even try <laughs> put a 50 dollar bill on the dash i'm gonna do that <laughs> one day that i'm gonna do that one day just to just to um, mess up that superstition. I'm gonna paint my race car green number 13 and put a $50 bill on the dash. I might have to tell my driver that now because <laughs> I just got to announce that I'm a brand new dirt track crew chief oh. as of yesterday. So I'm really excited about that. But maybe I can just talk my driver into uh, into doing something like that. Well, you got announced you're a brand new dirt track crew chief. I got announced today that I'm a brand new flag football head coach. Big things popping over How here. How about that? I'm a cowboy. Look at that. I'm a crew chief. <laughs> no, I gotta be a cowboy though. Yeah, That's not my team. Suck. But flag football. Uh better than the Bulldogs. There there is no NFL Bulldogs. Uh, oh. <laughs> it is better Wait, than Bulldogs, who, though. I'm, mm. Who uh who do you cheer for? I like the Packers personally, but I Yeah, better than yeah. Um, Packers. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know football. I I tend to nowadays because I don't really follow NFL that much. I, I do more now just because Alabama's doing so good in college that they're throwing a whole bunch of players in the NFL. So now I'm following the Alabama players around. I'm I'm I got a Patriots shirt in my um, closet. I got a Miami Dolphins shirt in my closet. I've always been a Green Bay fan, but 
now I'm pulling for the Titans some weeks. I'm pulling for the Patriots. I'm pulling for the Eagles. I'm pulling for, you know, anybody that has an Alabama player because I want to see my boys do good, you know? That makes sense. Yeah, that was weird today. The The head coach has, like, some kind of health problems, and he keeps not being able to make the practices, and the team only had one really decent practice, and they play their first game tomorrow. So I was like, hey, I'll help. Do you need me to help? I, these guys need to need to know what they're doing. You know, so I, I went out there with a couple other parents and by the end of it, I was a head coach. Yeah. So. Boomer Sumer, right? Uh, no. Sumer? No. Boomer Sumer? Uh, wow. Wrong team, wrong wrong division. What 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 is it that you guys say? What, Alabama? Yeah. I think Boomer Sooner. Well, what is that? That's Oklahoma. Oh. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Well, yeah. What What does Alabama people Roll say? Roll Tide. Okay, <clears throat> I won't remember that in about five minutes. But uh, we I'm are the try. only team in all of sports that says anything like that. Roll Tide. Yeah. We are the only Crimson it? Tide. Crimson Tide. Yeah, that's their name. The Crimson what, what Tide. What does that mean? Crimson Tide. Yeah, it's a. Uh, God, What's that? Get into that? It's like a um, phenomenon that happens in the Gulf of Mexico during certain parts of the year. With the, uh, oh. I think it's like, I think it's the algae or something gets this. Uh, Worked up in the Gulf, and it makes a crimson tide, and we're named after that. But it's it's like because the the offensive line, I think, was like a uh, or a defensive line, maybe is what it was when it was named that. They fell over the offense like a crimson tide, so that oh. that stuck. So what? I mean, you're not even an animal. Well, our mascot's an elephant. What? <laughs> because the offense, yeah, because sense. the offensive line looked like a herd of red elephants. That was another writer said that. And they said, okay, well, we'll put mm. a red elephant on the sideline. So instead of the Alabama red elephants, because that sounds stupid, we're the Crimson Tide. <laughs> well, that sounds a lot better. It does sound a lot better. It sounds amazing. We got the coolest name in all rather, football. Are you kidding? I would I would much rather be a red a elephant. A red elephant? Come on. Yeah. Paul Bear Bryant didn't like the red elephants because they were you know, elephants are slow. He didn't like that mm. name. But they're beasts. And he said, yeah, but they're slow. Okay, that's true. Okay, anyways, <laughs> back to NASCAR. <laughs> Speaking of NASCAR and Alabama, you know what I got signed the other day? Tell me about it. I got the Michael Waltrip Aaron's Dream Machine, number 55, where he represented the 2012 Alabama National Championship um, on his car. Ooh, he raced it at Talladega. So Michael Waltrip signed the windshield. Yes. I changed my mind on the back windshield because I wanted to kind of see it all from the front. Yeah. I was like, well, let me just, I'll get him to sign the hood because the hood's got a big white logo on the front. But AJ right. refused. He's like, I'm not signing over the Alabama logo. It's like, okay. Res- and that's respect. pretty cool. You know, whatever. Yeah. So he signed the roof number, which is white, and it still looks good. I'm happy with it. He signed that one and he signed the Clint Boyer number 15 representing the 2011 championship. Nice. On the uh, roof. Now I just got to get Clint Boyer to sign the hood. I mean, not the hood, but the uh, windshield. Mm-hmm. And that set will be complete. Brother, you know, I, I live like an hour away. Dude, from... set it up. I mean, like, honest, like, I, I'm really good friends with his grandparents. I put his name out there on Twitter. I didn't hear nothing. <laughs> set it up. I would love um, to have this windshield sign. I would absolutely I, love it if there's any way possible it could happen. You know what? You know what else is funny, mm-hmm. and this is like an epiphany. This is something that I'm just now thinking about right now. Mm-hmm. In 
Emporia, Kansas, Clint Boyer has a, a car dealership, a Toyota dealership. Uh-huh. And it's like literally like maybe just a, about 20 minutes farther than what I travel now. I, w- I wonder if I can switch teams. <laughs> I don't want to like, like, ugh, like if it was a Kyle Bush Toyota dealership, that'd be I awesome. don't think Kyle Bush is that loyal. Oh no, <laughs> no. But I don't know. I just, I don't know. That's kind of a little spinoff, you know, I just have Nick Saban, the coach of Alabama has a Mercedes dealership. Oh really? Yeah. Cool. So, don't just no one just, that I work you know, with. Turn your <laughs> turn your head if you see an Alabama player driving a Mercedes around once in a while. Well, yeah, I, I just, nowadays they get chargers. I, so they don't get Mercedes. They get Dodge Chargers. Um, <laughs> I hope nobody that I work with listens to this episode. <laughs> like, oh God! You just want to see. You just want to see your favorite driver. Oh well, <laughs> nope. I won't lie to him because that's wrong. No, you uh, want to get that sign for me. That's what it is. You want to get your friends when you know, sign. That's what I was thinking. Out, you know. I mean, I never see him anywhere, and you would think that he would do like some sort of signings or something. Um, maybe around Kansas Speedway time or something. I can. Um, if you hear well, something, you know, is he done? What isn't he done? I think he like uh, broadcasting. Yeah, Comte? yeah, he's a Fox guy. Oh shoot. Okay. Um, but I mean, it's Kansas. We'll it's it on track. I mean, he might show up somewhere. Right. If I have, if I hear of any sort of meeting or uh, meet and greets or something, I'll I'll let you know so you can send it to me. He needs to come to Five Flags next year for SRX. Ooh, that'd be a good one. That'd be awesome. I really would. I bet he would. Mark Martin already said he's not doing it. Ooh, why not? Uh, he said, "I'm done." He said, "If I retired, I retired." Oh, so he's not coming back for like? No, anything. he's not coming back. Good deal. I'm not a good deal, but like, you know, good for him for sticking to his guns. He's not going to pull out that Shawn Michaels one more match. Oh, we're not ready for that. I was, oh, my Lord. There's Tom Brady. Like, you could have went. We were just talking about football. Couldn't have said Tom Brady. Well, no, because Tom Brady won the Super Bowl when he came Wait. back. No, I'm thinking of Aaron Rodgers. No, no Aaron Rodgers ain't left yet. Who? Who's the guy that was like, I'm leaving? And oh, I'm just kidding. I'm Brett Favre for it. No, someone just recently. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, Tom no. Brady did do that. He did quit again and then decided he's coming back again. But, I mean, he just kind of, he was just kind of on his way out and he changed teams and then he still yeah. won the Super Bowl. You know, so oh. I, he still got it. I mean, just let the dude play until he doesn't want to play anymore. Man, we really want to talk about football right well, now. Well, we? we're trying to pad this out because, you know, full disclosure here. Uh, we're going to be recording two episodes tonight, and I don't think they're going to be two hours long each. I really hope, sure hope not. We're going to talk about the Atlanta race and yes. all the crazy stuff that happened with that, and then go into New Hampshire and do our picks and stuff in New Hampshire. And then we're going to cut it off because we're not going to get to record next week. So after that, we're going to start up episode 14, and we're going to start talking about just jump. Really? And we're going to yep. answer questions. We're going to push all the questions. Sorry, I'm sorry. The questions are not going to be on this episode. They're going to be on next week's episode. But we're still going to answer them. In fact, we're going to be able to go into a lot more depth with them. A lot mm-hmm. more discussion is going to come off of these questions. I, I have a feeling that we're not going to not have something to say. Because I hate that we have to always cut it so short because we want to keep our podcast under an hour and a half. Which is really it hard, is hard to, do. to do. What in the world? We have so much to talk about when it comes to NASCAR. I, I know. 
it's fun. Who I just don't want to stop talking about NASCAR. <laughs> but that's the plan because uh, next week I am going to be in Disney World. Nice. And uh, as this comes out, I'll be leaving tomorrow. Oh, mm-hmm. Saturday. So I'll be there uh, Saturday night and then Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And I'll be driving back when episode 14 drops that morning. That's when I'll leave Orlando. Heck yeah. So awesome. I can't wait. I'll talk about more about that in the next episode if you want, just to kind of move that along. Yeah. So this week, I've got thoughts. Mm. <laughs> I'm, just, You know, actually, to be completely transparent, I actually have my dinner sitting right next to me. It's just a plate full of pizza rolls. <laughs> I'm just going to sit back. And I'm going to let you take it, Soda. Go ahead. Everybody's a hypocrite. <laughs> Aren't they? Everybody I is mean, a hypocrite. I mean. <laughs> we had one of the most amazing, fun, entertaining drivers in the world to watch. Not that long ago. I mean, I guess now it is that long ago. It's been 20 years. But in my lifetime, he was one of the most entertaining guys to watch, and everybody cheered him because of how aggressive he was and how he just knocked people out of the way. And everybody since then is like, oh, we need another person like that. We need another person that's just going to get out there. And, and he's not even doing it in, like, mean. He's not even doing it in, like, in a bad way. He's just being aggressive. He's not purposely wrecking people out of the way. He just is aggressive and this is just what comes to, with the territory when you're as aggressive as he is and he wants to win as bad as he does nascar not nascar is not doing anything nascar is not the issue it's the commentating it's the talking heads the youtubers the twitter handles the you know dale jr in the booth you know it's 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 these guys that throw so much shade on what Ross Chastain does. And it's turning the fans against Ross Chastain. I don't feel like all of them are because I see also the other side of it. Like when everybody blamed him for the Truex wreck, I saw the other side of it out there too. It's like, well, I mean, Truex was like good five miles an hour off the pace. You know, he slowed up in the middle of the corner and you could visibly see the whole top line backing up. I was like, what's Ross supposed to do? Just slam on brakes? I'm like, no, get out of the way. Right. You're slow. Maybe you should just go ahead and give it up this year. <laughs> You're slow. <sighs> well, why are you coming back another year, Truex? I mean, come on. You obviously don't want to be as aggressive or you can't control your car as much as you have been able to because that's another time that you had a little run in with him too. And you couldn't control your car then either. So I, I like, first off, yeah, this is my rant. This is it. I'm just going to go off on it. You're shooting. Yeah. First off, <laughs> Truex don't have it no more. He's done. He ain't going to win a race this year. He's never going to win again. He's done. He has no talent anymore. It's gone. He's, he's dried up. He's just, he might as well just, just park it this year. He might, as well, might not even go to Loudon. I'm just saying. I'm calling it now. He's oh, not going to okay. win another race in his entire career. <laughs> Hamlin talks up both sides of his mouth. He has been knocking Chastain out of the way for the past like three or four weeks. Every single race. He's got underneath Chastain and moved him out of the way. Every single race. He's done that. Since he acted like a sport little child on Xbox at the gateway race. 
ever since then, he has been knocking Chastain all over the racetrack. And he even did it here in Atlanta. Got underneath them, bumped them right up the track. Knocked them out of the way. So did I feel bad that Chastain, oops, I lost the nose, came up and wrecked Hamlin? No, I laughed. I laughed. I said, thank goodness. He's got some backbone and he's coming back on these guys, you know. But you know what wasn't shown in any of the highlights after that wreck? What's up? What was not shown anywhere was the fact that Denny Hamlin knocked him out of the way earlier in the race. It was not shown anywhere that Hamlin had a side of it too. It was only shown that Ross, almost like it went straight from gateway to here, and there was nothing in between. It only showed Ross knocking Hamlin out of the way and wrecking him, like Ross is a moron or something. And that's not how it would happen. And all these talking heads on Twitter and the journalists and all that that are just saying Ross Chastain is an all-time bad, one of the worst drivers ever, because he can't control his car or something. It's like, well, he keeps finishing ahead of their drivers, doesn't he? Where did he finish this week, dude? Um, he did, uh, just where did Second, he finish? He almost oh, he? won the daggum race. <laughs> well, no, I thought, it, well, I was a little distracted with the whole Corey LaJoy. I was oh, really man, I feel him. so bad for Corey. We'll get into that in a minute. Well, let's get into that right now. What happened at the end of the race? I think Chase Elliott pulled off his finisher, didn't he? Well, that's I his mean, finisher, yeah. isn't it? And doesn't he do that every time he's about to win a race? If yep. somebody's coming on the outside of him, what happens? Well, I mean, he makes it look like he's blocking. Well, he, he does. He, but he blocks all right. Blocks him right <laughs> into the wall. Blocks him straight to the wall. He's done that at Talladega. I know for a fact he did that to Matt Benedetto at Talladega. He did that. Oh, ben, man. That was, Harvick. Yeah, Harvick. That was it. Bristol. Harvick at Bristol. I was like, oh, there's another one. And poor Corey LaJoy. Man, I was pulling for him so hard, even over, even over Ross Chastain. I was pulling yeah. for Corey LaJoy so hard because one, oh, the chaos sure. would have been amazing to throw that winner in there. Did any one of us ever think Corey LaJoy was going to win Atlanta? No, no, not even close. What an amazing moment that would have been! Gosh, and he had it too. Yeah, he had it. He had that run, and Chase Elliott knows he had it, mm-hmm. so he ran him right into the wall. And not only that, he caused a pileup that took my guy that was running the top five all day long out of the race, and he finished in the 20s. Yeah. And you beat me. I did. Because of Chase Elliott. Dude, my blood pressure's up. (laughs) I am so sick of everybody just cherry-picking what they want. Because you know what everybody said after Chase Elliott did that? All the commentators, all the talking heads. You know what they said? They said... Congrats to Chase Elliott for pulling off a move that he had to do to win the race. <laughs> Two-Face. They're all Two-Face hypocrites. Every one of them. They also have ties to Hendrick Motorsports, though. Hypocrites. Dale Jr., uh, Steve Letart. I think those were the ones that were calling the shots this week, right? Mm-hmm. It's a shame. It's a shame it's come to that. Yeah. Nothing's fair anymore. I mean... Ross Chastain is one of the best drivers in the entire field. He is one of the fastest drivers in the entire field. He will probably win a championship yeah. one day. You know who won't? Denny Hamlin. Oh, you don't know that. No, he's not aggressive enough, man. <laughs> I mean, I he's mean, not aggressive enough. I don't know. I I think Denny Hamlin can uh, could definitely roll up his sleeves if he had to. <sighs> nah. 
I hope every single week from now on out, I hope Ross Chastain stays on that back bumper. I hope he hits them every race. I hope he knocks them up the track every race. I hope he spins them out just about every race. I want that one so deep in Denny Hamlin's head that Denny Hamlin won't be able to concentrate on anything on that racetrack except where that one is. Hmm. I hope he misses corners. He's thinking about the one so hard, like like uh, Harvick did when Chase Elliott was behind him that time. I mm, mm, I'm so tell, fed up with this. I'm tell so me how up. you really feel. <laughs> and oh, I shouldn't dang. be this fed up because my boys finished in second this week, right? Yeah, and he's constantly in the top ten, top five mostly. Yeah, he's second in points with two wins. One of only like four or five drivers even has more than one. Mm-hmm. He's got an excellent shot at this championship. Yeah, he, he really does. I mean, if and, you don't have Ross Chastain winning the championship this year, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of hard to to think about. Did you see Austin Dillon's post wreck interview? Oh yeah, I saw it. What is he thinking? <laughs> <laughs> he is he thinks, trying to protect his fellow Bass Pro Shops driver or something? No, I think he. I, I think Austin Dillon was thinking, "Man, I just, I just went head first in the wall." So he wasn't 170 thinking. miles an hour. So he had a concussion. I don't know. I mean, I didn't that, say that. That's deal. He was a little loopy. He wasn't thinking straight. <laughs> I didn't say it that. had to be because he sure didn't blame the person that was involved with that wreck. You know that started it. Mm-hmm. He blamed the person that couldn't go nowhere after the Truex slowed up five, six miles an hour. Well, Ty Dillon, not Ty Dillon, uh, Austin Dillon, he basically said, (laughs) well, looks like we're another casualty of of Ross Chastain. He's into something every week, isn't he? He's like, well, you're not a casualty of Ross Chastain. This was your other Bass Pro guy. Right. That was his fault. I mean, do you actually think that, like, Austin Dillon and Martin Truex actually are, like, homies that much that they would do that? No, I just think Austin Dillon's an idiot. (laughs) <laughs> I I mean I I'm not gonna disagree. With I mean, that. have you seen his reality show? Come on, I have, and you know what? It's 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 wholesome. Okay, wholesome. Uh, I've never watched an episode of that. <laughs> I I have watched a few episodes of that. Not anymore after this weekend, but I have watched a few episodes of that. It's a reality show. Yeah. It's Ms. and Mrs. and NASCAR. That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, it's Ms. and Mrs. and NASCAR. It comes on USA after Xfinity races usually. They don't play that crap Mm -hmm. after cup races. (laughs) Which is funny because Austin Dillon does not drive in the Xfinity series. That's true. At all. (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. They don't play it after the big show. They play it after the, you know. You are just after (laughs) jugglers tonight, aren't you? Good Lord. Oh, we got to fill the podcast, man. Man, <laughs> I ain't saying that it ain't true. Well, I mean, so Corey LaJoy, mm-hmm. dude, I want him to win this race so bad. Man, I did too. Man, he almost had it. Like he, like yeah. I, we said earlier, he had the run. He had the lead with three laps to go, and he lost it with two to go. Yeah, and got single file coming off of four. And I was like, okay, last lap. He's got to run at this. He got a chance. And 43, Dagon pushed him nearly off the track. He pushed him so hard. Mm-hmm. That was it. He had the run. And he knew that the outside was the best way to make this run. I I disagree. Well, that- everybody's been, been doing it on the outside 
the whole time. So I see what he was saying. I see what he was doing. But like he was wide open. Like I mean, dive bomb. Like I I feel like if he would have went on the bottom, he would have won that race. He should have just spun Chase Elliott out when he comes up tracking him. That's what he should have done. I'm gonna text Scott Toon and and get some phone numbers to his uh, security. So I'm gonna get you thrown out of this place. However, however Scott says that, you know, you don't, you see it. Yeah, you see the the. I, I see it now. I didn't see it before, but I don't think it's a NASCAR bias. I think it's a talking head commentary kind kind of bias. Man. I don't think NASCAR's got any favoritism towards Chase Elliott. Because if they did, honestly, I, I felt like what I was saying at the end of it, I was saying, because my son's been watching it with me, and I was like, oh, Corey LaJoy, he might win the race. I was like, yeah, they'll, they'll put a penalty on him. Yeah. Because he's up there. There's two thoughts. There's two schools of thoughts when somebody like Corey LaJoy is up there and a massively underfunded team running up there with the big boys like Hendrick, right? There's two thoughts. One, what are you doing up here? You don't belong here. It's time to put you in your place. Or two, all right, you got up here. Let's see what you can do. That's the only two thoughts there are. And it's like that. It's it's even more enhanced at super speedway races because other people can control your destiny. If you have a fast car, you have a fast car. You can get by somebody as long as they don't wreck you. Right. You can get you can get by somebody and take off. But at Daytona Talladega, you can't be around anybody, and you need help. So what do they usually do? They shuffle the people they don't want to help to the back. You know, right. it's amazing when people like Michael McDowell, who now I think has kind of come up with a reputation of being fast, but it's amazing when somebody like maybe Justin Haley even makes it up there. And we, he finished in the top 10 this week. Yeah, he's been really fast this year, too. He has at times, especially at super speedways. Yeah, I shouldn't say really fast, but he's been fast sometimes. Times. Yeah, yeah, at times. At times. He was even really good at the um, the season opener, the, um, oh, the, the Coliseum race. Oh, yeah. And he was pretty good with that, too. I think he broke. But wasn't he the one that had some kind of transmission issue on the back straightaway? Could have been. Yeah, I think that was him. That was a long time ago. I barely even remember Joe Logano won that thing. Yeah. Which I sure did think that was a pick this week. Mm. I thought that was a pick. I had a good pick, though. Yeah. I had Kurt Busch, and he was in the top five all race long. Yeah, he was zooming. He, he I don't think he ever got front, but... He was up there in the top two, three, five a lot. And right there at the end of it, I think he was, I don't think he was fifth or so. I think he was a little bit, I think it was like maybe seventh or eighth because he had come in the pits, the caution before to get fresh tires, maybe see if that could help him out a little bit. And he hadn't Mm -hmm. quite made it up to his spot yet. But God, Chase Elliott, he wrecked Corey LaJoy hard. I mean, that was a nasty hit with him and uh, Kurt Busch. Yeah, it really was. And why of all weeks, uh, twenty three eleven didn't wreck together? I don't know. Because I paid someone. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you want to uh, crash on the last lap next week? Joey Logano. All right, I I don't think I can pick Joey Logano. Oh, my guys have crashed on the last lap. Actually, all my twenty three eleven picks have crashed on the last lap every time I pick them. Wait, that yeah. wasn't the picks, was it? No, no, no. What? What we're doing? No, no, we're not oh, doing. Okay, I was yet. like, oh, I was like, oh no, I don't want to pick Joey Logano. <laughs> no, 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 no. Play I don't think Logano I can pick Joey Logano. I can't pick Logano anymore. I don't think I can either. I don't know. I don't have that list, so you can pick Logano. Oh, oh I don't want to. I don't think he's good at flat, right? 
He's not good at the flat tracks. Uh, I mean, I he did okay. I don't think Logano when it comes to when it comes to a flat track like Loudon. He got his very first Cup win at Loudon. Well, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but it was rain shortened and it was with well, don't count. Tracing, yeah, so. don't count. It's like Bubba Wallace's win. It don't count. Oh, yes, it does. Yeah. Don't be like that. <laughs> well, I mean, Justin Haley's got to win too, then, right? Yes, he does. Absolutely. It don't count. What do you mean it doesn't count? Yes, it does. <laughs> it absolutely counts. All the rain, rain washed wins that Kyle Bush has. Yes, we have them. I don't think he has very many, though. So I've rambled enough and ran it enough and steam came out my ears a little bit. What is your take on everything that went down at Atlanta? Fun, exciting, uh, intriguing. Uh, I liked it. I, I think Atlanta was a really fun race. Last week we said Atlanta is going to be a cannot miss race. And mm-hmm. I think it lived up to that. I think the strategy that went into it, you know, and you have to treat it like a, a super speedway. It was a lot of fun, and most of the uh, most of the reason is because for the first time in a, in quite a while, there's controversy in the Cup Series, and Kyle Busch is not a part of it. <laughs> so these are the moments that we just we put that recliner out and we just lean back and we just watch the boys just have fun. You know, ah, this is fun because next time it's going to be involving Rowdy Nation, and we all know it. So um, no, honestly, I, I really think. It was a really fun race to watch. I enjoyed it uh, from beginning to end. So I know the verbiage is out there. Do you, in your mind, consider Atlanta a super speedway? No. Me neither. In my mind, every single... Well, it, when I was a kid, there were definitions of speedway, super speedway, short track. Right. Short tracks were under a mile. Speedways were up to... 2.499 miles or whatever. And super speedways were two and a half and up. Mm-hmm. That was what it was. And if you turned right, it was a road course. I'm, I'm stuck on that. I don't care how high the banking is. I don't care how manufactured the pack racing is at Atlanta. It's a pack racing track. Absolutely. Right. It's not a super speedway. Super right. speedway is one of these races where you could take the restrictor plate off or not made on. They don't do restrictor plates. Anymore, yeah. right? It's like tapered spacers, but you can open everything up wide open mm-hmm. and still go around that track wide open. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You'd run two twenty wide open around Talladega. Uh, Maybe even more than that. If you took everything off. Oh, if you took everything off. Yeah. yeah if you oh, open easily. it up. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do that at Atlanta. No. And if you could, I sure as heck wouldn't want to try it. Mm-hmm. Imagine how hard a hit would be at 220 Atlanta. I know they go 200. Well, they used to go 200. Now I think it's 180. I mean, it's deadly. That whole thing with Atlanta, I, I appreciate the fact that we got so much close racing. Mm-hmm. I don't appreciate the fact that it's all manufactured, so to speak, because of a low, down, um, a low horsepower package. Like They're going 180. You're talking about like Chevy's only working with Chevy's and not, Toyota's. Not, no, no, no. I'm I'm talking about the the teams are put in a box at Atlanta. They can't they can't do anything outside. And it's the same way at super speedways too. But Atlanta is not a super speedway. They shouldn't be put in this box. They're put in a box and the cars can go wide open around Atlanta. Right. They shouldn't be going wide open around Atlanta. Well, I, 
They shouldn't be. I mean, when I was a kid, that new configuration mm -hmm. that they have now without the banking, right? So it's less banking. They ran wide open for one lap and that's all they could do because the tires wore off so much in one lap, they pretty much had to lift from then on. They yeah. had one qualifying lap wide open. Jeff Bodine set the record fastest lap at Atlanta, fastest lap of the whole year in 97, I believe it was, in the QBC car. He set the record at 197 miles an hour. Oh. Average at Atlanta. They can't go anywhere near that right now. They're at 180. And it's, and it's not like they can't do it. They absolutely could do it. Especially with this banking. Heck, they could get up to 205 or so if they took it out, if they opened it up like they do like at California or Michigan. You know, if they let them run those kind of rules, because they get to 202, 203 at the end of straightaways there. Yeah. But they won't at Atlanta. I and mean... It's because NASCAR put them in that box to keep the packs together. I don't really, I don't really remember the last time I seen anybody use the brakes at Atlanta. Yeah, they don't anymore. It's all like it's all uh, drafting and wide open, and maybe a little lift if you're getting because there is handling involved with Atlanta. I did like that. Oh yeah, for sure. It wasn't like Talladega and Daytona. Well, Daytona has a little more handling too, but Talladega is just there's no handling involved at all. It's all air. Right. hundred percent air. But with Atlanta, you did have people losing it. Yeah. You know, and that's interesting that the cars are that hard to drive in that tight of spaces. That makes it more thrilling is the wrong word. It's more of a, uh, I said last week, a sense of dread, anxiety. Yeah. So to speak, more anxious moments instead of uh, spectacular moments. Like oh, you for do sure. at Talladega and Daytona. The Atlanta racing tended to tended to lead to more anxiety driven moments, if that makes any sense. So overall, do you like the changes they made to that track? Mm, yeah, I would say so. Um, I think it was really, uh, really fun to watch like last year too. Um, Atlanta has just been a really fun racetrack uh, to watch for me for some reason. Uh, so now with like, you have to kind of treat it like a super speedway. It, I think it gives it just a little bit more, character yeah it sure is uh sure is different there's nothing else like it on the track now or on the whole circuit when before you could say well charlotte and texas and atlanta they're all pretty much the same racetrack definitely not now yeah completely different yeah now all three of them are completely different honestly but where they ruined texas they completely reinvented atlanta yeah and absolutely i'm not gonna lie i'm interested in seeing the race in person I don't think it's for great racing reasons necessarily. I think it's more for the spectacle of it all. Oh yeah. Because it really is an agent of chaos. That whole track. It's just chaos. So this weekend moving along, we're going to go ahead and finish up this part of the show, uh, episode 13 and move on to 14 when we record it. And that come out next week. We're going to talk about New Hampshire. Yes. What memories do you have? Of New Hampshire. Okay. I love this question so much. Um, I was like first grade, I think. And I was watching, no, it was probably like second grade, third grade. I was watching a Loudon race, New Hampshire race. And for some reason, it's the only thing I remember. Like every time you say New Hampshire, I always think of this, uh, where Buckshot Jones <laughs> uh, wrecked, I think Tony Stewart on the front stretch or they got into it or something like that. 
Like it just created a huge wreck uh, after that. So I love that. <laughs> I love Buckshot Jones, and that's like the only memory I have of him, um, just because of his name was so cool. But yeah, that's the first thing that like I think of was Loudon the track that started the no more racing back to the yellow. Uh, yes this was this it was this the one where dale jarrett was stopped on the front straightaway at the start finish line and everybody came roaring as yes. fast as they could and narrowly missed him parked yes. car on the front straightaway trying to get their laps back yes. i wanted to say it was this one because it, i remember it being a flat track i can't remember if it was this or phoenix no but, it, it absolutely was new hampshire i know exactly what you're talking about and that was scary yeah. af oh yeah there used to be a thing in nascar where uh, the lap cars would line up on the inside of the lead lap cars. And they would all race the leader trying to get their laps back. And if you had a fast enough car, you could actually do it because you were starting right up there in front of them. Well, they all, they all race back to caution, too. So the leader would typically, it was an unwritten rule. We talked about some of that last week. Mm-hmm. And, of course, with an unwritten rule, when somebody doesn't follow an unwritten rule, it creates a mess. And honestly, why would you follow an unwritten rule? It's not, it, there's just not a rule. I'm taking advantage of everything I can get. Why yeah, in the world I am I, yeah. Why am I going to let this lead lap, this, this lap car back on the lead lap? No, absolutely not. I'm keeping them a lap down. So then people got mad because some drivers under the caution weren't letting off the gas and letting the lap cars get their lap, get their laps back. Right. So they get mad at them. So now everybody's racing as hard as they can. The leader and the lap car, they're all racing as hard as they can to get those laps back. And then one day, Dale Jarrett wrecked on the front straightaway mm-hmm. and sat right in the middle of the racetrack, right yep. at the start-finish line. Everybody came at him full speed and barely missed him. And that scared NASCAR so much that I think the next race, they had a dang mm-hmm. no racing back to yellow rule. I mean, And they had to introduce a free pass car for the lap cars that need to get their lap back. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, if, just think about how un- intensely scary that was. Mm-hmm. I remember. You know, like, that was horrible, like, horrifying. I remember. It. There's been a lot of drivers hurt in situations like that. Yeah. And that one was just broadside, right mm-hmm. in the middle of the racetrack. Just, yeah, right there in front of everybody. Uh, my main memory, though, of Loudon was that this is Davey Allison's last race. Mm-hmm. In 1993, they went there for the very first time, and Rusty Wallace won the inaugural race. And, of course, I'm a big Rusty Wallace fan. And I think Davey wound up finishing sixth, but I could be wrong. He could have been fourth. It's either fourth or sixth. And so it was a good solid run for Davey, too, right? He's, he's on his way to another shot of the championship. And the week after Loudon is when he had his helicopter crash in the infield at Talladega. With Red Farmer. So this was his last race. Mm-hmm. And I remember that very distinctly as a kid. Obviously, he didn't know it when it was happening. But you go back and look at everything. And it's neat to see tracks come into NASCAR when you're a kid. And they still are there. And you can associate all those old memories with it. Right. Like, I remember Robbie Gordon winning a race here. Yeah. Robbie Gordon didn't win. Right. He won here. I even didn't Mike Skinner win a race too, or am I wrong about that? Yeah, he did. Mike Skinner. Both of them drove the thirty-one car too, didn't they? Yep. Interesting. Does anybody drive a thirty-one now? They do, don't they? It's that McLeod Motorsports thing, isn't it? 
No, that's 51. No, I think there's a 31 too. No, 31 is um oh, no. I want to say it's a 31. It looks just like the 16 sometimes. I got that image in my head. I'm probably completely wrong. No. Oh, wait. I think you are. No, I think you're thinking Xfinity. Am I? I don't um, know why I got that number way up there by the front wheel then. I don't know. I don't either. I think you're thinking of uh, Alex LeBay. Well, if a 31 wins this weekend, something's up. Or I think it's a uh, Myatt Snyder, actually. If there is a 31, they ain't that good. There's not. I was going to say there's not a 31, I don't think. I feel like there's a 31. I don't. But I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, it's nobody <laughs> worth talking about. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so let's go over the picks real quick. This track, by the way, is amazing because they also host uh, modified races here. Mm-hmm. And you talking about a show. I don't I don't even know where you can see it anymore. I don't know what channel it's on, if it even comes on TV. It's probably on Mav TV. Probably, probably is. That's a good channel. Um the uh the modifieds, they will just about run wide open around this track. Ugh. And they bump draft. It's crazy. <laughs> I would never do that. A one mile flat racetrack, but these modifieds are hooked up in a way really wide like an indie car. It's like a like a big V8, you know, 700 horsepower IndyCar with these big wide tires. And they're hooked up so well around a flat mile racetrack that they can bump draft each other. What what a fun thing. Isn't Bobby Labonte a modified driver now? Yeah, he is. Isn't that crazy? That's awesome. And he won SRX this weekend, didn't he? Did he? I think so. I haven't been following the last couple of weeks, but I think he did. I think he won SRX. And I think Newman won it the week before, which I meant to talk about, but I forgot to bring it up. Newman yeah. won his first race since his Daytona wreck. Yeah, I, I forget to watch SRX <laughs> every single week somehow. So I'll forgive you for not remembering to talk about it on the show. They had the, <laughs> uh, they had the, they were in Nashville this week and they had that Nashville preacher on. Oh, did they? Yeah, he did the invocation. No. Was that as funny? No. Oh, was it a serious one? No, no, he he tried. Oh. He tried, that's the problem. I don't think he tried the first time. Mm. But, I mean, he ended it with your your favorite phrase. Oh, no. <laughs> he ended it with this, this long time, steady, boogity, 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 amen. I, uh, I didn't know, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, it it's just because it, it had been done already, and... I mean, it was cool for them to bring him back, and he he gave a good prayer, mm. but it wasn't like it was w- anywhere near the level that the first one was. Yeah, I'll have to uh, try to find that on YouTube or something. I want to see it. I think, didn't Eric call that the most NASCAR thing he's ever heard? Yeah, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we think so, too. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. That's like one of my favorite pre-race things ever that has mm. ever happened to NASCAR. Maybe like Adam Sandler saying gentlemen start your engines by himself that day was really good too. That was he was excellent at that. Oh, he was. He was absolutely excellent at that. He had so much energy. I I am not a I'm not an Adam Sandler fan. I am. I hate him too hard. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry. I didn't rant about Kyle Bush. I'm just saying. That's true. Okay. I'll let okay. <laughs> yep, you're right. Nothing to rant about Kyle Bush about lately. <clears throat> well, <laughs> 
there's no news either. So, you know, as of what Kyle Bush said uh, to, I think Bob Pockeris was, uh, Bob asked him, uh, hey, are, are we getting close to a deal? And Kyle said, we're not, we're nowhere near it. So it's like, okay. <laughs> All right. House, here we come. No. Get that filthy They're going to be teammates next year, man. No. Yeah, they're going to be a teammate. Heck. Join the winning no. team. Come on. A winning team? Yes. Yes. Okay, well, I can't I can't talk bad about that because they yeah. absolutely are <laughs> dominating, but no. All right, so our picks this week. I had it, man. I say that every other week, it <sighs> seems like. I had it. Okay, your pick, Bubba Wallace, ran awful oh, all yeah, day yeah. long. He oh, wasn't yeah. even on the screen. Thanks, Bubba. Like, in the top 20, none. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the last little run, he's like, okay, well, there he is. He's in 15th. He's in 16th. Okay. He's at least he's in the top 20 now. Yeah. He finished 14th, thanks in part to the big wreck. Yeah. Giving you an average finish of 11.6. <sighs> my pick ran in the top five all day long, was an excellent pick. And then Chase Elliott ruined my life. And. Kurt Busch got a, got involved with that wreck, yeah, and he finished twenty second. Yeah, he just like double whammied you. My average is thirteen point seven five. Now, I might have caught you this week. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I really could have caught you this week. But yeah, you know I what? believe it. Next mile and a half, I'm getting Kurt Busch. Okay. I mean, he's solid. He's a solid driver. As long as Chase Elliott don't want to block somebody up into the wall again. He's solid. Right. I mean, that's not a bad pick. Kurt Busch. But, I mean, Get it's not done. my pick this week. Well, who's I your said, pick? I said, I can't say my pick first. You say your pick first. Oh, I say mine? Oh, crap. Yes, I haven't you thought about 14th. one. Oh, that's right. Okay. I haven't even actually thought of one. Um, well, let I me give know. you the list of drivers yeah. you cannot pick. You cannot pick Kyle Busch, mm. Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Tyler Reddick, Ryan Blaney, or Martin Truex? Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick. That is your first Kevin Harvick pick. Yes. He's good for a solid um, 15th to 20th this year. <laughs> I'm swinging <laughs> for the fences. All right. Now, my pick, I cannot pick Joey uh, Logano, Denny Hamlin, uh, Austin Sendrick, Kyle Larson, mm. which Austin Sendrick was a good pick this week. He was. Uh, Ross Chastain or Kyle Busch. There's one driver that you're not going to pick this driver, and I think he would be fantastic at this at this uh, race this uh, weekend. Unfortunately, I'm kind of thinking Truex because hmm. I, I don't see that being a bad pick. But he's never going to win another race, so has, I hate to do that. Has he ever? Has he ever won at New Hampshire? You know, maybe I'll do the research. You won't do, and. No, I'm not because my uh, my phone's in airplane mode, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Learned my lesson after the other week. What? Keep my phone in airplane mode. Oh yeah, yeah. That was awful. All that audio. Ah, who am I going to pick? I might want to pick the 24. William Byron. Yeah, I think that's that's my pick. All right. I'm going to pick William Byron. That will take him off my list. All right. For the rest of the year. I think that's a decent pick because that Hendrick group seems to be really good on flat tracks. It's oh, just, yeah. I keep thinking 48 and 24 all the time on flat. So Yeah, for sure. Great pick. Uh, you know, 
who I think is going to have a really good weekend, Eric Jones. You know, I thought about picking him, but I wanted yeah. to save him for, for like some super speedway races. Oh, okay. Because he's underrated. Yeah. yeah, very, very underrated. He is. I thought about that. Um, Eric Amarola might have a really good weekend too. And you, you, did you hear that he's kind of backtracking a little bit on retirement? Oh, I don't. I don't think there's much behind that. I think he's done. You think? But I, I, I definitely know what you're talking about. And <laughs> it's not like he was backtracking a little bit. I think. Um, I mean, he never know if the right thing comes along. I think he's probably going to jump right back in it. All right, I guess that's going to close episode 13. Uh, we're going to come back next week, and we're going to answer questions that we got and talk a little bit more, just randomness, since we're not going to be actually reviewing a race. We're going to we're going to save that and kind of do a double, double whammy yes. the next week for New Hampshire and Pocono, which Pocono is probably going to be just a snooze fest anyway. Oh, don't know that. Nine out of ten times. It is. Yeah. Once in a while, you get something crazy interesting, like Kyle Larson will blow a tire when he's led the whole race on the last lap. Yeah. Th- that happened. And then <laughs> Kyle Busch wins the next night. They don't do doubleheaders there no more, do they? I don't know. I don't no. think so. They they That was a good – I like that. If I, I would say anything that they did with Pocono, that was good. Let's save that for next week. Okay. <laughs> we gotta have something to talk about here in a, in a few minutes when we record next week's show so that's gonna do it for the show this week well, we want to throw it out real quick to the uh podcast drafting partners uh myself i want to shout out fully postable wrestling figure podcast and also drunk wrestling history scott from fully postable he does drunk wrestling history both of those podcasts are really great with great people doing the favor with eric and barry positively pro wrestling podcast uh another Really, really fun one. Uh, Lap Traffic Podcast is an interview NASCAR style podcast that I've yes. gotten into, and I I enjoy it. It's just, I, you learn something all the time with that. Yeah, I actually uh, looked them up and gave them a follow. I listened to the Seamus episode. I thought it was really fun. Uh, they, I think there's another one out after that one. Uh, it was a really good listen. Uh, I definitely put it on my, my list of uh, weekly podcasts to listen to. Yeah, it's a little more hardcore as far as the fandom goes because they do dive deep into some interviews with some people that most people wouldn't know right unless they're really really strong followers of the sport and fans of the sport uh not like here where we just go all over the place and talk about random junk we're hardcore into it but i understand that that podcast is a little more niche right when it comes to the audience and more power to them i'm that audience you know uh, also want to give a shout out to Jason Wolf. He's got some excellent figures coming, actually excellent figures um, that he's done already in his chop shop and a great artist at that. Hit him up if you need anything done. And uh, Big Underscore Bane did our entrance music, entrance music, I, intro music. We're not wrestlers. PHPW's not back up yet. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm ready to defend these tag team titles, man. They've oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you I mean, didn't know. Mine's been sitting on my shelf over here yep. for for months now. I'm ready yeah. to get back out there. I want to show it off. Man, a lot has happened since then, huh? Uh-huh. We got to change our name. Yeah. Our tag team name. It can't be the pit crew anymore. It's got to be in the marbles. Yeah, I still, I actually have that page, uh, the uh, t-shirt, <laughs> the Ethan Chambers uh, 
burning rubber or something as a cool oh. logo oh it was so cool man it's a really cool logo uh he also runs outsiders beer company which yes. um outsiderspeerco.com he has really good products beard beard care and uh Cine candles i use them all the time uh so look that up hey you got ethan yeah absolutely so uh, to be completely you know honest with everybody i am so tired i don't know if you can hear my voice or not but like normally i have like a bio for each of our podcasting part drafting partners listen i am so tired i <laughs> i'm just gonna like summarize it so like of course we're gonna start off breaker and bane's power hour go check out that uh podcast uh, brian breaker big underscore bane they talk everything from movies to comics to professional wrestling to wtf stories uh super wholesome awesome people over there um love them to death brian breaker also has you know it's fake right uh where he has in-depth conversations with professional wrestlers referees managers fans um just anyone that has pro wrestling ties uh such awesome conversations over there then we have the legendary no holds barred with mr bill Venus. um love bill Venus. he's what's what's his catchphrase 18 year uh, veteran taking oh, the God. last I, I think i thought it was uh eight Maybe it was 18, taking 18. the last 16 off. Yeah, I think that's what it was. But I oh, can't man. remember the exact number because I have something so similar, it's scary. Yeah. Uh, Bane's also you know, a co-host, if you're into that, I guess. Um, oh, I'm just kidding. It's an awesome, awesome podcast. Uh, then, of course, we have Tales from the Estate. Uh, Drew Vinsel, his wife, Caitlin, they're two adorable little boys. Um, absolutely love the randomness of that podcast. It's just, you just, you listen to it and it's like just hanging out with some friends. <laughs> you know, I love that podcast. All sorts of reviews on there too. Oh, just random yeah. food and drinks. Rowdy that's, energies. That's yeah. always some of the most fun to me is the random reviews, uh, food reviews that they do. You know, we need to come up with like our favorite top five something. Cause Drew actually called me out. We we will next episode. It's going to stem off of one of Caitlin's questions. Oh, okay, cool. Because you know what, Drew? I, I see you. I cannot think of, of <laughs> the top five favorite things of whatever. I can't think of that. But So you want yeah. us to do a top five? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we have to come up with like our next know, episode. Top, yeah, 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 for we sure. We got it. We got, I got it. I got okay. you. I got you. Okay, cool. Also, uh, pulling up a chair uh, with our friend Tim at a chair shot on Twitter uh, where he does uh, a podcast spotlighting anyone who loves pro wrestling action figures, including customizers, creators, collectors, and anyone in the business. Uh, also Rowdy energy for being the official energy drink of in the marbles uh, and Toyota without Toyota. The majority of the world would be stuck at a standstill. Goodbye Toyota. Uh, we have shirts. Yes, we do. We have new shirts. Yes, we do. Two new shirts. If Two? you look on our Twitter, uh, at in the marbles pod and Instagram is also at in the marbles pod. But if you look on our Twitter, the uh, shirt links are pinned to the top of our profile. And one of the designs is actually the header of our Twitter profile. Oh, so we have a throwback shirt and we have a throwbacking shirt because, you know, throwbacking is what we mm -hmm. said on the podcast. So we wanted a general shirt and then a podcast specific shirt. Yeah. And they're made out of like an old speedway logo yes and it they look so good i'm look, so excited 
they look like they'll fit in at any race you go to. Right. What color and are you going to get? I honestly, I just think the white. Really? I think white. Yeah. I, I added royal blue to it mm-hmm. because I could. So you yeah. have you have white and you have gray and royal blue. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to get uh, one of the. Obviously, I'm going to get one of both. Throwbacking and then the throwback. I don't know which one, but I'm going to go with one is going to be gray and one's going to be blue. I'm thinking white just specifically because that's the backdrop of the logo I've always seen, but mm-hmm. I also know that that logo would look pretty good on blue. Yeah. So I was like, it's good to have a different color shirt thrown in there. Yeah. You go ahead and you get the white one. I'll get the other two and we'll, we'll compare it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also you can find us on Facebook and uh, our email. You can email yes. the show anytime, any questions, anything you want to email, go ahead in the marbles pod at gmail.com. And I didn't mention it, but like I did say, the link is on the Twitter account. So you can just go directly there. But if you're not on Twitter, go to whatamaneuver.net. Go to the top left of the corner and there'll be a search by store tab. You click that, go down to In the Marbles, and there's our shirts. All three of them are up, ready to order right now. And uh, with all that said, man, you got anything you want to add before we get out of here? Peace, love, all of the above. And we'll see you next time in the Marbles.